0: Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living Santa Rosa, a spiritual community that promotes global transformation through personal transformation. At the center, we are motivated by a compelling vision of a healthy, loving world, which we call the Global Heart Vision. This vision inspires us to bring the gifts of compassion and loving kindness to the world through our ministries and teaching. What you are about to hear is a recording of a message delivered at the Center for Spiritual Living Santa Rosa. Feel welcomed. Feel at home. So, we have entered the month of May, and because we have entered the month of May, we have a new journal for you that you have probably received in the mail. But if you haven't received it in the mail, you can also find it at the information table out there, um, outside in the sanctuary. And you can also um, get signed up for our mailing list and we'll mail it out to you when we have new copies. And I love the journal because um, it's been helping us to track how we are following our global themes with Centers for Spiritual Living. And so this month's theme is one of my all-time favorite things to talk about and that is emotions. Maybe you're thinking, why? Why do we have to talk about our emotions? (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to. If you're like me, sometimes that comes up and I'm like, I really don't want to. I don't want to feel. I don't want to acknowledge that I have emotions, but um, it's going to be a wonderful journey um, throughout this month. And if you have your journal with you, Um, Under my notes for today's talk, I invite you to write down three questions that you can take with you um, throughout this entire month as we dive into this exploration. And that first question is What is my relationship with my emotions? Second question's a little bit longer, but don't worry, we're recording the service, so you can always go back and find it, and um, we'll make sure that they're available for you. The second question is, what might it mean for me to take time every day to simply sit and feel my emotions? And the third question, and for me, this is the most important one to remind myself, what might it mean for me to remind myself every day to be aware of the emotions of those around me. And so you don't have to have answers for those right now. Simply write them down. And as things come up, um, either in this talk or throughout the week, uh, I invite you to do a little bit of an exploration there. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about exploring our emotions. So first, let's start with our talk title, which is, What's on Your Spice Rack? And I love this talk title so much because I love to cook. If you ask my friends, I'm always cooking something, and I especially love cooking with spices. And the right spice can really transform a dish. It can really uplift it and turn it into something that is, in my mind, transcendent. And over the years, because I love spices so much, I have collected quite a few spices. And quite a few spice mixes. And that means that I have less of a spice rack and more of a spice cabinet. (laughs) And what I found over the years is that I am not super great at organizing my spices. I'm actually kind of bad at it. And have you noticed it's, it can be hard to organize your spices because they're in a jar and even unless you've got like a label on the cap, they're all kind of like behind each other. and It's it's just a mess. My spice cabinet is an utter mess. I'm going to own that right here now. And yes, I do have some go-to spices. I love my Cajun and Creole spices. I use them often. But I've also noticed that sometimes I have spices that are buried in that spice cabinet, so much so that I'm not sure about all the spices that are in there anymore. Some of them have been lost to the passage of time. And I think that's such a wonderful analogy for what we're talking about here today, emotions. And what I know is that emotions are an intrinsic part of our lives. It's what it means to be human In fact, I know that emotions are what make life worth living. And I love that Spice Rack analogy so much because it really describes how my relationship with emotions can show up. Sometimes my feelings are very easily accessible. Other times there might be emotions and feelings that are so buried that I'm not even aware that they're there. Without emotion in our lives, I think we would be living as robots, wouldn't we? It would be really hard to make meaning in the world without emotion, without knowing what fills us with happiness or how we can approach sadness. Sure, if we didn't have emotions, there wouldn't be any sadness or fear, but there also wouldn't be any joy or happiness, and what I found is that, like any spice, some emotions are more appropriate for the experiences in our lives than others. Imagine what might happen if I put some of my tasty Cajun and Creole spices on Pat Huffaker's delicious pineapple upside-down cake that's at the AIDS life cycle today. Nobody wants to eat that. <laughs> um, You know, what? emotions can be the same way. Sometimes if we react with the wrong emotion for a situation or if we bring in a lot of emotion into a situation that um, doesn't benefit from those emotions, we can cause problems for ourselves and for others. I think of it like this. If I'm going to, for example, if I have to go to a hospital and I have to have a major surgery, I really don't want my surgeon to be going through an emotional breakdown at that point in time. I kind of want him to be a cool customer. (laughs) And certainly, the you know, I'm, I'm hoping that my my surgeon is doing their work, you know, doing their work so that they don't have something come up while they're in the middle of that procedure. There are other situations, though, where we're called to have an emotional response, where we're called to show up with our empathy and with our compassion. And if we don't, that too can be damaging. So, What I'm talking about here is balance, and we can find that balance through the spiritual practice of emotional intelligence. And you may have heard that phrase before, but if you haven't, emotional intelligence describes our ability to recognize and process and regulate our own emotional experience. It also is the ability for us to recognize the emotions in others. And what it calls us to do is to find a relationship with our feelings and with the feelings of those around us. It invites us to bring in compassion to ourselves and to others if we witness anger, if we witness sadness, if we see fear, suffering. But it also invites us to recognize and share our joy with one another, our happiness, our playfulness, our unconditional love. And it also invites us to really look at the ways that we might be avoiding feeling our feelings. And that avoidance, how that avoidance can sometimes cause negative emotional experiences for us that are unexpected. That show up when we don't really want them to show up in our lives. So I'm going to use myself as an example of this, what this looks like up until my 30s about, I was a bit robotic in my life. I had a hard time feeling my emotions. And that's because, you know, when I was a kid, like so many, like so many boys in our world, um, I learned that phrase, big boys don't cry. And, oh, man, I, I'm so tired of that phrase <laughs> because it's so damaging. What it taught me is that my feelings aren't valid, that the sadness that I was feeling, because, you know, I had a fairly dysfunctional family when I was growing up, like so many people do, and um, there was sadness that was trying to find its way out of me. It was trying to be processed, and that's natural, that's normal, but because I had internalized that phrase, big boys don't cry, that sadness and showing my tears was unacceptable, I had to push it all down. I had to suppress it all down. And that ended up being with me for much of my life, that consciously or subconsciously, I would bury any feelings that were uncomfortable, any hurts, any pain, any sadness. And I absolutely would never, ever, 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 ever show that feeling that hurt to others. It was just impossible. I couldn't. There was this part of me that was just blocking it and locking it in a little cage, dumping it to the very end of my spice cabinet. Now, this doesn't work. Sorry, doesn't. I tried it. <laughs> it doesn't work very well at all. It's actually kind of damaging and horrible and bad. And um, I'm so grateful that I found a way out of it. And the reason that I'm grateful that I found a way out is because even though I tried to suppress these feelings, they would find a way to come out. The problem is that they would come out in really unhealthy ways, sort of um, burying them inside of myself and then they would explode forth and I wouldn't know why I was exploding at somebody. I wouldn't know why I was freaking out about something or feeling anxiety or, or feeling whatever I was feeling. I felt like I was out of control. And that's... Because our feelings, the more we bury them, the louder they tend to get. Because they're just trying to get our attention. They're just trying to tell us a story. And what I also learned is that hidden trauma can also be the result of these feelings being repressed and not processed. And I would define trauma as a bad experience that we have in our lives that gets ingrained, that becomes a part of us and is unhealed. And that can really have a profound impact on our lives and how we show up. And so I noticed that I had to do some work on this and that the more I did this work, the more my own hidden trauma, my own feelings would begin to be healed and I did that through the work of simply discovering and feeling those, dis- those stuck emotions within me. So what did I do? What can we do differently? How can we build a deeper and more profound relationship with the emotions within us? Well, Deepak Chopra says, and I love this quote, he says, Instead of resisting any emotion, the best way to dispel it is to enter it fully, embrace it, and see through your resistance. So maybe you're wondering, well, how do I do that? I certainly didn't know how to do it until I got some help. And the help that I got is that our emotions tend to show up in our physical bodies. They're a physical felt feeling in our bodies Maybe we feel it in our head, we feel it in our throat, our chest, our shoulders, our back, our belly, but it always shows up with a physical representation in our lives. And so what I learned was how to practice doing a scan, a check of my body to see, do I have any emotions, any feelings that are just asking to be felt, to be heard, Sometimes it would show up as like tension in my shoulders. Ooh, I wonder why I have that tension. Is it trying to tell me something? Or maybe in my belly or my heart. And the more I did this practice, the more I learned a really powerful truth. And that truth is that our emotions will never lie to us, our emotions are always telling us the truth. And let me unpack that because I want to make a distinction here between thoughts and experiences that may have triggered the emotion versus the emotion itself. Certainly, experiences, thoughts, conversations, interactions, there may be inaccuracies, untruths in those, but the emotion itself is 100% completely valid. If I am feeling sad, I am feeling sad. If I'm feeling happy, I am feeling happy. If I'm feeling joy, I am feeling joy. Joy just is, happiness just is, that is true. And there may be a story behind that that those emotions are trying to point us at, but it's very important I found for myself that I know that if I'm feeling something, that is valid and that's okay. I mean, how often in our lives have we been experiencing sadness and somebody will come up to us and say, don't be sad. (laughs) What do you do when you get that? I know when I hear that, I get more sad. (laughs) So maybe it takes me through the emotion a little bit faster, I don't know. But it invalidates our feelings when either we tell ourselves or we tell others to not feel the feeling that they're feeling in that moment. And that's a really powerful thing that I had to learn because I was invalidating my own feelings. I was saying, why am I so sad right now? I need to move on from this. I need to power through it. And that didn't work very well at all. What I learned, because I l- knew then that my feelings, all of my feelings were absolutely worthy of my attention, they're absolutely real, is that it's more helpful for me to simply sit and allow the feeling of those emotions to come through me. Initially, when I began this practice, I really wanted to put a label on them. I wanted to say, that's happiness, that's sadness, that's joy, that's fear, that's yada, yada, yada. The problem with that kind of practice, and you may learn this if you take this practice on yourself, is that that analyzing that I was doing, that labeling is all happening up here. It's all happening in the brain. It's not coming from the heart. It's not coming from our felt emotions. And that practice of using our thoughts to try to dissect, to analyze, to really pull apart the feelings that are simply just asking to be heard, to be felt, that can be a form of avoidance in and of itself. In fact... In um, common lists of defense mechanisms in psychology, it's called intellectualization, where we try to intellectualize our way through a pain that we're feeling. It doesn't heal the pain, it just defers it so that we're going to have to feel it again. And so the more I did this practice, the more I would start to recognize if I'm overthinking a feeling rather than just simply feeling it. Luckily, though, I did start to get better at it. The more I practiced it, the more I would simply be able to be, oh, there's tension in my shoulders. I wonder what that's all about. And then let it speak to me and be like, oh, sadness. Okay. And then just feeling it and letting it do what it's going to do to me. And that's so important because I began to recognize that there's a very large difference between our thoughts versus our feelings. If you've had a feeling, if you've had a very strong feeling of joy, of happiness, you know that sometimes it's really hard to put that into words, isn't it? Like our words feel inaccurate, I think that's why we have so much poetry, so much creativity in the world, because the emotions that we feel simply cannot be trapped in this little box of words that we use. And if you're like me, you have an inner monologue, that would be your thoughts, your train of thought. And those thoughts tend to come through in words, don't they? The more I felt my feelings, though, the more I recognized that it's important for us to make that distinction in our lives and in our interactions of when we're trying to connect through a thought versus connect through a feeling. So think, for example, if you ever, in raise of hands actually, have you ever asked somebody, how are you feeling today? And then they told you about all of the things they were doing. <laughs> Maybe you've been that person who's responded that way. I know I have. That's the difference that I'm talking about here. What if instead I asked that question, how are you feeling today? And you said, oh, you know, I am feeling really good today. I feel happy. What that does is that allows us to connect from our heart center in addition to our head center. The other way, though, doesn't allow us to connect emotionally because I don't know how you're feeling. I only know all the things that you're doing. Maybe I can discern it based on what's on your face. You know, Our faces tend to um, show our emotion whether we want them to or not. But I think there's an opportunity for us as we build this emotional intelligence practice to really start to shift the way that we interact with one another, to, to look and ask, hey, how are you feeling? And then respond, oh, you know, let me check in. I'm feeling a little sad right now. And now we can have a conversation about that emotion. Maybe you tell me you're feeling a little sad and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Is there anything that I can do to help? Or would you just like me to sit here with you in this? So, to help us out with this, because it can be challenging to get out of our heads and to get into the feeling tone of this, I did go online and I did a little bit of research to find a nice short list of emotions so that we can start to tell the difference. Now, this is not a definitive list, and I want to be clear that there is some argument in psychological circles about, you know, whether or not these are or are not emotions. So I'm just trying to keep it super simple here. And I'll put this list up on Facebook after our second service today so that you have a copy of it. But the six main emotions that I found that were fairly common are happiness, Sadness, fear, joy, disgust, and surprise. And Maybe you watched that Disney Pixar movie, Inside Out, and those are all the main characters in there. I highly recommend, if you really want to dive into this conversation, watch that movie because that movie is scary accurate in how it portrays how our emotions tend to work inside of us. Now, if you're like me and you were doing this research, you might be asking yourself, why don't I see love in that list? <laughs> and the reason for that, and I had to do a little digging here because I was, really, I was really like, I need to see love in this list, I really do. You know, it's such a new thought answer, right? I need to have some love in this right now. The reason is because love is a little bit deeper than feelings and emotion. It actually is a motivating force that can lead us to feel joy can lead us to feel happiness, but love can actually also lead us to feel sadness. You know, if I have a beloved friend who moves across country, I may feel sad in that moment because I know I'm not going to be able to spend as much time with them. So if it does work for you, of course, you can include love in that list, but I wanted to make that distinction there um, so you're wondering where that came from. And now, because we are in a spiritual community and we do spiritual practice, I'd like to invite us into um, a practice that I do um, typically on a daily basis, as long as I can remind myself and remember. And I invite you to make this a practice that you take throughout your week. Spend five minutes, just five minutes is all it takes, to go through this practice and what you're going to do. And I'll take you into it in a moment, but I want to explain it first. Imagine that your awareness is like a flashlight. You can take that flashlight and you can point it. And wherever you point it, you find illumination. And we're going to take that flashlight and we're going to point it at the different parts of our body. And it's going to uncover for us any feelings that we are having in our body. And when you find one, just simply sit with it. Notice maybe if you're trying to analyze it, and you can just let that analyst like analysis just sort of fly away like a bird and just sit and feel. And so, I'll invite you to go ahead and close your eyes if that feels comfortable. And taking that flashlight of your awareness, point it at your head and notice. What physical sensations do you feel in your head right now? Is there any tension? Or perhaps you feel relaxed? Simply notice anything that is feeling in your head. now take that flashlight and move it down to your throat, your neck, your shoulders. And this is a very common place for emotions to get stuck. Do you feel any tension? Do you feel relaxed? Just simply notice what you feel in your neck and your shoulders. Now take that flashlight and move it down to your chest area. And this is another common place for emotions to hang out, especially around our heart space. And take notice of how do you feel? How does that chest space feel right now? What might be going on there? Now take that flashlight of awareness and point it at your belly. And I've noticed for myself that sometimes this is where the deepest emotions like to hang out. Simply feel what do you feel in your belly right now? Now I invite you to take a nice deep breath, breathing in, breathing out. Come back to the room, and when you feel ready, go ahead and open your eyes. So that practice you can do every day. I went through it a little bit quickly, and I would invite you, if you find something that feels sticky, take the time to just sit with it. To be with it, to see what it's telling you. Because at the end of the day, that's all our emotions are trying to do for us. They're just trying to tell us a story. They're trying to inform us on our journey as though they're signposts along the way. Writer Sabah Tahir says Your emotions make you human. Even the unpleasant ones have a purpose, don't lock them away. If you ignore them, they just get louder and angrier. (laughs) So growing our emotional intelligence is a really powerful spiritual practice. It allows us to better understand ourselves and our own motivations in life. For me, it's allowed me to show up more authentically, more vulnerably with those people around me. And from that Work that I've been doing and I probably continue to do until I'm pushing up daisies. (laughs) I've discovered so much about myself, about who I am, who I am here to be in the world. And even better is I've been able to create such beautiful, deep relationships with my friends and those around me. My life is more fulfilling and that's what I hope for each and every one of you. So take this question into your days and weeks to come. What would your life look like if you built a better and deeper relationship with your feelings? Let's take that into our May prayer here in our journals about emotions. The father-mother presence is limitless in its manifestations. Infinite in variety and expression, this creative intelligence is at once a profound mystery and a warm, responsive presence, a limitless ocean of adoration and acceptance. It enfolds, treasures, and provides for all of its creation without reservation." Because I am held in this unqualified love, I am gloriously free to express all my parts. I am a creature of this creator and as a human expression of spirit's infinite beingness, I express and respond to life through myriad emotional expressions. I accept all of me holy and irreverent, sacred and profane, knowing that there is a gift, a learning in every emotion I experience that can bring me closer to the divine. With an open heart and mind, I accept them all as beneficial. In joyful gratitude, I gladly drop these words into that aspect of spirit that is law and that always makes my words so. And together we say, And so it is. Thank you. So now is the part of our service um, when we would normally pass the baskets around and we wanted to continue to make this meaningful. So I invite you in this moment to um, call in your memory an experience that you had this past week that fills you with gratitude and allow that experience to grow and to inform Whatever gifts that you share with us today, whether it's financial gifts, whether it's your sacred service, or even just sharing your beautiful consciousness with us here today, allow that gratitude to fill you up and to be that guiding force that takes you throughout your entire day, your entire week.